All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back in to another episode of ATL United Podcast. I'm Blake. I'm back, and now now we're down another man, but we're we're up a producer. Welcome to the show, Britt. What's going on, guys? You know, we have had a lot, a lot of things going on in the city. We've had a lot of things going on with Atlanta United. I don't have a lot to cover because Joe's not here. He's on his honeymoon. I'm just feeling like we need to dive right into this thing, Britt. But first, I, I have a special message from, from Miles Robinson. I'm Miles Robinson. Hello to all my ATLians. I know Atlanta is feeling great today. I know we've been feeling good for a long time about our team on the up and up. We have some really exciting podcast news for you guys this week too. Creative Loafing has been someone on our radar for a long time. We've actually gotten the chance to form a partnership with them. So really exciting news for us. We're actually going to be releasing on their podcast network as well. That's not going to change anything about our normal release. But kind of on that topic, they also have a new podcast out called Weekend Roundup. You know, We're always trying to talk news, catch you guys up on all things Atlanta United and around Atlanta. But uh, you guys definitely check out Creative Loafing. It's called Weekend Roundup. It talks about all the things going on in Atlanta, stuff to do on the weekend. And yeah, Britt, this is pretty awesome. We actually got in the locker room uh, this last game. So we'll have some clips coming from that for you guys as well. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you just say that we're partnered with Creative Loafing? Oh man, we just must be like a super respectable and just super funny and knowledgeable podcast. Uh, Yeah, maybe. Or, or like maybe they just thought uh, we really, really need to get someone with Atlanta United news on our podcast network, and and we're the only choice. I hope I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? I think it was like a you know sports you know picking the teams. I think that we were kind of the last choice available, and they're like, yeah, that, they'll work, I guess. They'll work. They'll work. Uh, but yeah, guys, for real, we are super, super stoked about this partnership um, and the the increase in content we're going to be able to bring you guys week in, week out. Britt, what, what do we got going on in Atlanta? I know it is still a lot of excitement in the city. Yeah, there is. And like I said, you check out that weekend uh, roundup. They're going to have a lot more information about stuff in the city. But one of the cool things is Tune from the Tombs is going on in Oakland Cemetery. They put on this big festival kind of in the cemetery. It's like spooky and fun. And they feature a lot of local bands, which is really cool. So we've had a lot of friends play that festival before. And it's it's really fun. Plus, you can go to the rooftops at, you know, six feet under or was that over there? That's not over there. That's uh, yeah, no, six feet under is over there, and you still got um, you got ten Lizzies. Republic is over there. There's some cool bars. I, I don't know. I'm a little bit weirded out. I'm going to be honest about just blasting music, really loud music in a cemetery. Oh, I uh, love it. I've seen too many movies where the dead get out of graves, and and <laughs> you know, if anything is going to bring them up, 
out of their graves, I think it would be some really bad local bands. But I'm yeah, sure there's some well. great bands too. Um, but every, every time I go to something like this, there's that one band that you're like, this might raise the dead. I'm not sure. I have spent many an afternoon in Oakland Cemetery looking for, I'll tell you this, it took me forever to find Margaret Mitchell's grave. It is like super hidden. But I was like, I'm going to find it. Gone with the Wind. I was like one of my favorite books. I was like, I'm finding it. And Bobby Jones has like a gazillion golf balls. It's cool. If you haven't been to Oakland Cemetery, it is like there are a lot of really famous people buried there from Atlanta. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. If you guys aren't into, you know, music with the dead, I have a standing update for you. Let's talk. Let's talk Atlanta United, Britt, because we have gotten on a great win streak. We had a little dip in form, lost a couple games. We've come back out strong. And here we sit. We sit in fourth place in the East, but I don't want that to be... Uh, a negative in any way because the beautiful thing is if we win our game in hand we have one game in hand on philadelphia who's leading at 28 points we have 26 points if we win our next game we're in first place and we're level on games played with philadelphia so the destiny is in our hands to seize first place once the mls schedule rolls back in we have a little bit of a break it's an international break we have the u.s open cup coming up against charleston so we're going to be rotating a lot of players. We should still beat Charleston Battery. They're not even in the MLS. They're down in USL. But at the same time, really exciting stuff in terms of the MLS standings and, and how we've climbed the table and how we're now in a position to, to go into first place. It's, it's incredible. Well, yeah, I mean, if you actually look at it, so Montreal has played three games more than us. DC United has played two more games than us. So, And they're only a point ahead of us. So, I mean, realistically, I mean, we are in fourth, but we're, we're really in and second i mean it's to me it's unrealistic to think that we're gonna just like straight lose the next three games and if we do you know i'll eat a shoe or something yeah i mean it, if you if you enjoy cemeteries eating shoes the good thing about this is is that we have this break and a lot of our players are getting rest and this is kind of what i wanted to segue into we have a lot of international soccer going on but the Gold Cup roster was released um, which would be call up for the u.s men's national team no atlanta players we're on this roster. Oof. So we're going to get some rest for our key players. I was a little disappointed that Nagby didn't make this team. I was shocked. I, I understood Goose and I understood Robinson. I, Nagby is a veteran in the midfield. It didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And at the same time, selfishly, I'm really happy about this. I think it's great that our players are getting some extra rest. We have the open cup, but I think that Frank Dubor is going to want to rotate in some youth. He's always been a coach that promotes youth. I think we're going to see a really youthful lineup, and we'll get to that more coming up in the preview. But in other like international soccer news, we can't ignore this. The Women's World Cup actually starts today, and uh, the U.S. women are opening up against Thailand. And I know that Atlanta United is actually paired with two major, major Atlanta brands, Delta and Coke, and they're doing a huge giveaway for the Women's World Cup. They have some viewing parties going on around the city, Reraw Midtown. Um, you can get up a special flag, hang it up outside your house, and you could win a trip to actually see the U.S. play in the World Cup in France. So you guys check this out. I mean, this is a pretty, pretty sweet gig. I don't know how many people they're going to select, but if you go to Reraw, get this flag, hang it up, you could, you could win to go see, uh, see him play over in France, which would be a beautiful trip. Yeah, I think that would be so cool to go international to see soccer. I mean... That'd be so fun. And just to kind of hit back on the gold the gold cup roster, I mean, the thing is it's it's always a bummer for me. I love watching the the men play. And really any international soccer seeing our country represented is great. But it is a bummer when we have these great players on Atlanta United and they're not on there because it just adds so much 
respect for our club when they're out there representing us. And when I see people like, how did Michael Bradley still make that line? I don't even, is he like 40 yet? Like what's going on? I don't understand how he's still. He, he looks 40. Michael Bradley's much younger actually. And Michael Bradley's story is really funny. I mean, for a while, his dad was the coach of the U.S. men's national team. Bob Bradley uh, led us into the World Cup. Michael Bradley's had an up and down career. This isn't a bad player. He's played internationally. He's played for some major clubs um, in Europe. You know, he's back with Toronto. And the hard thing about this is, is that the Gold Cup is still not a premier competition for the U.S. men's national team. So I think maybe Nagby is still in that in that fray. He's, he's still considered part of that team. But the U.S. men's national team didn't make the World Cup this last World Cup. We're in a total, total transition phase as a, as a country trying to bring up a lot of younger players into the team. And we have a lot of really exciting players, uh, definitely led by Christian Pulisic, who just completed this transfer to Chelsea um, from Borussia Dortmund this past summer or this current summer. But he will be a Chelsea player when the new Premier League season starts. So a lot of excitement with the U.S. men's national team. I think that we have some future men's national team players on our roster. But yeah, like I said, selfishly, I'm kind of happy they're all staying and helping us uh, climb back to first place in the East, which I really think we're going to do coming up here soon. It, yeah, it definitely seemed like they're trying to give like some new people a chance to kind of shine. And, and that's cool. I mean, they did lose against Jamaica on Wednesday. You know, there's going to be a lot going on, and we're going to keep you guys updated in the news between the World Cup and the Gold Cup and moving on to Copa America. Joseph did get his call up. And so he is going to be playing with Venezuela yeah, um, for the Copa America, which is, which is, uh, that's great. I like to see him represented. He did play um, in the Mexico Venezuela game for about half the game. He didn't score or anything, but he was on the field and, you know, hugging Tata and it was, it was really beautiful. Yeah. In, in a great game in Mercedes Benz, the fans were great. I saw tons of Mexican flags out. I saw tons of Venezuelan flags out. Special moment for Joseph and Tata coming home back to the Benz. It was a beautiful moment. Um, if you guys didn't check it out hop online, check out some video clips. Joseph and Tata shared a hug, brought back old memories. We miss Tata, but uh, you know, great to see those, those guys still have a great relationship brought the first trophy to Atlanta United's history. And uh, Tata, El Tata, is always going to have a special place in our hearts. Moving on to the MLS, uh, there's a couple things that happened. Really, the biggest one was um, Austin did announce a new expansion team for the spring of 2021 called Austin FC. You know, for a town of really creative people, that is not a very creative name. But, you know, soccer isn't really known for creative names, I guess. Yeah, I think their logo is pretty creative. I like it. It's a tree. tree. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Apparently, all the limbs represent something. I was reading about it. Um, But yeah, coming up, Austin FC. Uh, Obviously, the owners of Austin FC used to kind of own the crew. There was this whole Save the Crew movement. Columbus crew ended up staying in Columbus, which was great news for the league. One of the original teams stays in the league. Austin FC. I mean, I'm excited about a potential road trip to Austin. Really cool city. really, Really great food. Like you said, really creative people. Um, yeah. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. That'll be a fun trip in the future. Yeah, hang out on Sixth Street. It'll be fun. Some other stuff that happened. I mean, team of the week. We talk about this a lot because uh, our team is awesome. Joseph and Miles made team of the week. Dubler was coach of the week, and Goose made the bench. So we were kind of all over that team, which is pretty cool. I've always thought making making a bench on team of the week. It, it, I wouldn't call it an insult. But it's like, why did they have a team of the week bench? It's like you made team of the week bench. <laughs> it's just kind of funny to me. Like, it's a very funny honor. Like, do they yeah. give them a little tiny bench trophy or like, a, you know, like one of those little 
mini bench figurines like congrats you're totally right because like when we predict our starting 11 we like never talk about who's going to be on the bench and it's kind of like yeah because the bench is like kind of a little secondary a little secondary yeah <laughs> it's like i i feel like they probably announce it like congrats brad guzan you made team of the week uh a bench you're on the bench but you're still mm-hmm. on the team of the week. Um, but well, either he way, might, he might be used to that with the you know with the U.S. national team. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Either way, congrats, Brad. Congrats, Goose. Congrats, Joseph. Miles Robinson staying a rock at the back, and Frank still shutting up the haters. Great, great game overall. Had a blast at home, beating Chicago. It was right after the Champions League final. And uh, guys, we got a question from last week. Uh, Gordon Wild also acquired his green card, um, so freeing up some more space on our roster. Still looking like we might make some moves this summer. Frank DeBoer has hinted at it in press conferences and in interviews. Um, So we'll see. I I think there still might be a player or two on Atlanta United's radar that we're looking to bring in this summer. Hey, guys, I know we've had a lot of updates, a lot of stuff we've been announcing um, coming up. Uh, Don't forget, we are on Patreon now. Uh, So you guys, check it out, patreon.com slash United. If you guys feel like donating... 50 cents, a buck, two bucks, whatever you got. Um, that's that's what we use to to keep the show going. And uh, we do it for you guys, the fans. Uh, no obligation whatsoever, but we appreciate any help we can get to, to keep this show coming for you each and every week. Like, I, I can't keep donating to patreon just to pay your paycheck joe is eventually gonna get fed up he's not gonna he's not gonna be all about that well i thought we had a separate account that that joe didn't know about (laughs) to pay me yeah it's the under hey well you know what blake it's time for your favorite section oh let's do it injury report injury 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 report yeah 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 i'm back for my favorite section injury report always getting hyped let's uh let's break it down this isn't an injury, but this is bad news. Esco, Escobar, Franco, Franco Escobar, he got his fifth yellow against the fire. And so he's going to be suspended for the next MLS match, which is June the 26th, long ways away at Toronto, um, about 19 days away from now. But Escobar has been on fire. Our back line has looked awesome. He has been playing out of his mind on the right-hand side. Uh, just making some of those wingers look stupid with some of the moves he's been put on them. So it's going to be a big loss. Uh, so I kind of expect him to to get some action in the U.S. Open Cup coming up. We'll see what happens there. Um, but then definitely going to miss Franco against Toronto. Talking about U.S. Open Cup coming up, uh, Brandon Vasquez. Like, what's going on there, Britt? Dude, I don't know. He has been out like the whole season from a knee injury. Like, what possibly could have happened to his knee? Because normally if they tear like an ACL or something like that's in there, right? But a knee injury all season. What do you think happened, Blake? Uh, I mean, if we want to trace it back, you you just never know. Uh, with his history with Barco, possibly something deeper is going on there. Maybe Barco took him out. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't do know. Maybe Barco took out his knees. It could have been. Could have been. You just got to be careful. It's unfortunate when we see players like Vasquez because, you know, he was a guy that, you know, he's not obviously he's not on the, the U-20 team. He's not on the the roster for the U.S. national team. But, you know, but he is an American player. So you want him to do well and get minutes. And I just feel like he keeps declining because due to injuries, I feel like he was hurt last year. Like he's just not very consistent. So he can't get minutes to get better to to earn a spot. So to me, he's just bound for the rest of the season when he comes back. Lenny United, too. 
Yeah, and I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think we're going to actually promote a lot of Atlanta United 2 players up for this game coming up. Um, Only other question mark right now is Tito. Tito has that tweak to his knee. Hasn't been playing. Uh, There's been a couple rumors with Tito, kind of an injury-related news. This kind of hurts that San Lorenzo has actually been increasingly looking into the possibility of bringing back Tito Vijaba his former club um, that's reported by TYC sports. And it said that Atlanta United might be more willing to listen after the season, but we plan on Tito being here for the entire season. Obviously Tito has been just a club warrior. He's fought through injuries. He's come up in clutch moments. So Tito get healthy, get back out there. Don't expect to see him in the U S open cup game, but I think he'll definitely be ready when we fire back up in the MLS. Yeah. He, he did come out and say um, that he would be willing to go back too. So I mean, I, I get it. When you're an athlete of the tier of Tito, you don't want to be a bench player. You want to be a starter, you know? So I think it is, it's hard for players like that that have a lot of talent to be on Atlanta United because we do have a lot of depth. And so they all can't start. And Tito wants to be in a position where he does start. He's got that passion. He's got that talent. He's got that speed. So, you know, I've said that for, you, you know, even since last year is that if he doesn't earn a consistent starting position, then you know, his transfer is going to become more realistic because he's going to want to start. Yeah, and we'll see what happens. I mean, Barco's coming back into the fray. Uh, the last thing I'll talk about is Barco did get knocked out of the U-20 World Cup with Argentina. He played phenomenal. Um, he wasn't injured, but he felt like he was injured. He's been missing. Barco's coming back in. Uh, that could even put Tito further down the pecking order. I'd love to see a lineup where both of them play along with Joseph and Petey. Uh, haven't seen that a lot this year. Hopefully we get to see it some more before the season's over. I definitely think Tito's staying through the end of the year, but I'm getting derailed here. Let's get into recapping the Chicago Fire game. It was a fun win at the Benz. All right, Blake, let's get into this quickly. I mean, everyone's on international break. Everyone's ready to go hang out at the beach. But this was a great win at home. I mean, first off, Joseph had another brace, which just proves of when he was out of his funk, he's just he's playing great. And both goals. I really can't believe that that second goal where he kind of boxed out the defender in the midfield and then, you know, kind of sprinted with a 1v1 on the goalie. I can't believe that wasn't up for goal of the week, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Joseph, I think, one, MLS fans get tired of voting Atlanta United uh, goal of the week every week. Our fan base is so strong and so huge. We tend to win every single vote. Um, I think every now and then the MLS will just be like, oh, we're just going to leave them off the voting because we know they're going to win if we put them on there. You know, same starting lineup as our Minnesota game. Uh, LGP, he was a warrior in the Minnesota game. He's still wearing a bandage, um, protecting his head coming out. So pirate LGP, warrior LGP, uh, couldn't believe the grit he showed these last two weeks and his partnership with Miles Robinson, again, just dominant, dominant against, against the fire. They really didn't have very many good chances to score. And like you said, Joseph played great. Petey, Franco Escobar, um, both helping in on assists. And uh, on the second goal, Dion Pereira got his first MLS assist. So great move all around for for our attacking players. And Joseph's on uh, a three-game scoring streak, which is incredible to see. Uh, Probably has something to do with the hair, but I don't know. What do you think, Brett? It's got to be, right? I mean, he stayed consistent with the hair game and, you know. In general, well, first off, we haven't mentioned we won 2-0. So also, it was another shutout. That was our eighth shutout of the season, which is awesome. I mean, 
right now, Brad is he's beating Bill Hamid as the most shutouts for this season. And it, I mean, it's just, it's everyone's having a great season. The defense is playing great. I mean, it really felt like we were connecting and, you know, we, we had a lot of um, shots on goal. We had a lot of opportunities. It, it really felt like to me that this game was the game that we connected. Well, we had great passes. I mean, if you take that first goal by Joseph, Escobar was out on the right, passed it to Pity. Pity had a great, move and then or sorry Petey had a great move and then he kind of assisted it to Joseph and to me it was like such a team goal that wasn't hey let's just lob something to Joseph that was hey let's be creative with our passes and create opportunities because guess what? it's hard for us to score when we're just lobbing stuff in the center of the box because everyone expects us to do that and triple teams Joseph so yeah yeah definitely that's obviously not working so I'm glad that we took a new new approach and kind of tried to have that connection pass. And that's where, you know, Frank DeBoer's possession style system with his passes back and forth, that's kind of what the end goal is supposed to be. Not these lobs into the box, but this, we're, we're so good at having this um, passing connection that we can create opportunities like that. Yeah. And it's encouraging to see. I think uh, one thing that, that I've noticed tactically that he's been changing and we continue to see this game is that Joseph is getting more involved with the midfield. He's, uh, he's playing a little bit, further back on the pitch, getting more involved in the passing buildup like you were touching on. Um, and I think that's unlocking players' potential, like a P.D. Martinez, uh, like we've seen Franco Escobar getting further up the wing, uh, playing in that back position, but bombing up and connecting. And uh, yeah, our players are, are syncing up with the passes. Um, I guess P.D. has finally adapted to the new turf at Mercedes-Benz. <laughs> he kept yeah. using that as an excuse for a while. But it seems like he's got that settled. And uh yeah, just exciting times. Don't want to reflect too much on the past. I know it's been a while since we won this game, but it was a fun day in the bins, fun Saturday. Uh, there was some great soccer on all day long, and Atlanta United just capped it off with with a great win against Chicago. Well, I, I'll tell you, I had a great I had a great game. We actually had the opportunity to go into the locker room and kind of interview some of these players after the game, and it was just a cool opportunity to kind of get into their heads a little further and be able to kind of ask them some questions about stuff in the season. And so I don't know, Blake, what do you think? Time to go to our new section. Yeah. We got a new segment for you guys. We're hyped about it. It's time for in the locker room. Yeah, guys, like I said, uh, great, great stuff coming up for you. We're really excited from a content perspective that we're going to be able to bring you more and more relevant news, get inside the minds of these players um, as well as our partnership with Creative Loafing coming up is getting us this access. So Ben and Britt, our producers, were actually in the locker room with players after the game. I uh, wanted to let you guys in on a couple clips. So uh, let's let's start off by hearing from Miles Robinson. Five straight consecutive home wins. It's got to feel good. How does it feel here in that crowd, uh, 70,000 rowdy and proud cheering your yeah. name? No, yeah, it's definitely awesome. Um, obviously, we always play better at home playing in front of the crowd. And um, uh, yeah, again, it's an honor to be a part of it. Yeah, always great to hear from Miles. Miles, I really think, is is an upcoming superstar, if he's not already a superstar on this team. And a guy coming from the Super Draft into the league, and last year made a few appearances. This year, he is a staple on our team. Great catching up with Miles. And uh, if you guys didn't catch him at the very beginning of our show, he, uh, he let off our intro, which is pretty exciting stuff. So thanks, Miles. Love talking to you. Um, we also got the chance to talk to uh, old man Larry, Jeff Lorenowitz. Uh, talk to ATLNs United briefly. Eighth shutout, what's been the key? 
like I said, team performance. I think we, we defend as a team more than we ever have. I mean, we don't defend with five or six. We defend with 10 or 11. Um, I think Brad has been huge in a lot of these games. I think he deserves a lot of credit because he's been very good, especially on Wednesday night, making a save at, at, uh, um, when the game was tight. But um, it's a team performance, and to defend you, defend as a team. And like I said, we're doing it with 10 guys. Blake. Can I tell you that it took everything within me to not accidentally call him Larry and to have like the professionalism and call him Jeff or Mr. Lorenowitz? I like literally Larry was like on the tip of my tongue. And I was like, oh, that's not uh that's really not his name, actually. That's <laughs> just like the nickname. That's hilarious. Yeah. Did you offer him a beer? Yeah, I was like, hey, you want our beer of the week? I do have a six in my camera bag. After hearing about all this and hearing about the beer I was gonna give him, I don't know. I think it's time for a beer. I need a beer. Let's do it. Beer of the week! Every week. And uh, even when ATL Joe is not with us to spike it home, you guys have him in your thoughts. He's he's on his honeymoon. He just must be having a miserable time off on a beach in Europe somewhere. He's going to see soccer in Greece. He'll be, he's going to be... Greece, so... yeah. So we're going to keep drinking beer while Joe's on his honeymoon. Greece, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know about Greece. I'm I'm kind of on the fence about Greece. Like, you know, Joe in Greece, just Joe's not a very greasy guy. I mean, he's very clean. You know, he's, he's uh, very, he's very very clean cut. I would think he's dry more than greasy. You know, that's yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. By the way, that's the sound that Blake makes when he's disappointed in my jokes. Well, no, I, I sometimes I just have to process. I'm like, wait, because because Joe's jokes are are very literal. Sometimes Britt sneaks one in on me, and I'm like, wait, that, that totally caught me off guard. Uh, but what do we got this week? Well, we did a beer in honor of Joe in Greece. So it's called Circles of the Sun, because he's going to be in the sun, hanging out on boats and having a great time. So it's kind of like a toasted coconut blonde stout. So it's going to be, I don't know, I don't feel like I would want to drink this in the sun, but I don't know. Let's Let's crack it open and see. Unfortunately, Joe took the golden spike with him, so we're just gonna have to do it. We can do a little ATL chant in his honor. All right, ATL, beautiful. All right, yeah, beautiful. Cracking this beer, Steady Hand Beer Company. You guys check them out. New brewery in town, so I know that they're coming out with a lot of beers. Coconut Blonde Porter. It's uh, it's it's not, it's not or not a porter. It's it's a stout, but it definitely doesn't taste too heavy. This is something you could drink during the summer. I guess that's why they went with the toasted coconut. <laughs> uh, so a summer stout. You don't say that every day. I'm going to I'm gonna enjoy this beer. Think about Joe and Grease. It really could. Uh, I could see you drinking this in the summer or the winter, as long as it was air conditioned. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It'd be hard by the pool in the heat. Oof. But uh, speaking of in the heat, actually not speaking of in the heat, let's just do it. Total Tactics. Tactics. Let's get into it. We've already talked about some tactics already, Britt. Talking about how Frank DeBoer has continuously been honing in on his system, getting the players to buy in. Everyone seems to be adapting more and more to his style of play. Incredibly encouraging to see. 
But there was some sad news this week, and this is kind of an interesting tactical move. Anderson Asiedu, who was a player brought in on the draft we thought was going to be a future Atlanta United midfielder, was actually released this week by Atlanta United this past week. Um, And like I said earlier, Frank has mentioned that he wanted to use the summer transfer window to pick up a new player. I think this is a great thing to focus on. What position do we need most? Okay, well, if you just ask me blindly, like, what position do we need most? I'm initially going to say left back. I I feel like right now that is like one of our most unstable positions um, just due to injury and just kind of inconsistency. And really, historically, it's kind of been one of our weaker positions always. And um, I like seeing Parkgate left back. Shea, I actually think he did okay against the fire. I thought that he was creating chances, taking shots on goal. He had some pretty good um, crosses in the box. But in general, like we said before, you get good brick or you get bad brick. So that would be my initial pick is a left back. Yeah, it's really tough. And and I say left back as well has got to be my number one pick. I, I totally agree with you. I think that Bello, where is Bello? I didn't even include him in an injury report, but George Bello has got to get back. I think we're just letting him fully heal before we bring him back into the fold. But we really do need a left back. And Breck has been a left back, a left midfielder, and even a left winger during his career. I don't think he's that strong defensively. I think that's why we see Michael Parkhurst in an unnatural position on the left-hand side. And Parkey has done a fantastic job. Don't get me wrong. But Parkey is never going to be an attacking threat in the box. He still kind of gets up and down on the left-hand side. He's not an attacking threat. I'd love to see us bring someone in. Obviously, Greg Garza was not a weak spot for us, but Greg Garza was always hurt. And and I just think the biggest thing for our team moving forward is if we can get consistency on the flanks, we got it on the right with Escobar. If we could have consistency coming down the left-hand side with a solid attacking left-back that can also defend we would start scoring more and more goals because we're seeing a lot of action coming from the right-hand side right now. And what else do you see in terms of holes for our side, Britt? Well, I mean, I think that they're... Really, you can take any section of the field and we can find holes, right? So the midfield... DeBoer has stated that in his system that his middle two or three guys would have the most touches in the game so that they would have a lot of command. I think, I mean, really he's looking for like a Miguel Amarone who has, has so much effect on offense and defense. And Nagby is a great, great player and Rometty is a great player, but they don't necessarily have that connection to offense. They're not offensive threats, you know, that, so I could see him bringing someone in the midfield that matches his system a little bit more, um, but I could also see him bringing someone in the attack. I mean, there are people that have a lot of potential, but maybe they're playing in a weirder position. We have people that are hurt. Um, we're talking about the Tito rumor possibly. So I really think that it could go for any section of the of our field could really could use a player. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I think one or two players, he's got to be looking at left back. We have center backs for days. We have four startable center backs. We have Michael Parkhurst. I I think Pogba has looked great whenever he's come on. And then we still have our our starting duo of LGP and Miles Robinson. Center back is fine, but man, we need some backup on the uh, the left and right-hand side. Uh, But, you know, don't forget about Gressel. He can play in the midfield. I think Petey... When we brought him in, you mentioned Miguel Almiron, and we don't want to live in the past, but that was a great thing about Miggy is that he had the attacking qualities that Petey Martinez has, but he also would get back and do a shift. He would put in a shift defensively. 
and play great, winning the ball back and then connecting with the attack. PD is connecting better and better with the attack, but I think he's still lacking on that defensive side. So I agree with you. Maybe we see someone coming on the midfield. Maybe we see someone come on the attack, but we got Barco back. Uh, Tito's coming back. He's hurt currently, uh, but I, I think our attack is is going to be just fine. I think I think the consensus has to be left back, and I totally agree with you there. Well, I think as soon as Bargo comes back, it's our team is going to change again for the better. I mean, we've been kind of we've been having a great streak without him the past six or seven games, but when he comes back, he's going to have that you know kind of missing piece. I mean, he's been on fire this year. And I think that when we play him in the position that he's meant to be played in, he's going to do great. If we can allow him to drift more central and kind of, you know, he tends to play better there than on the left. And so I think, I don't know, I, I, I really think in this Gold Cup in the next couple of MLS games with him back and having that confidence from Argentina, like, I, I agree. I don't think attacking is where we need the players but left back and midfield, I mean, we could use it. And, and DeBoer, what he said is he wants someone that can come directly in, like Justin Miram did. So we'll see. There's only one way to find out. I mean, we're just going to have to let time pass. I don't think there's any solid, you know, rumors or solid leaks. There's um, nothing coming in uh, right now. And you know, like, that's, that's what my mom used to say about Christmas. You know, it's just like, I'm like what, are we, what am I going to get for Christmas? You, you'll have to just wait and see. It's really the most disappointing answer. I know that you're right, but uh, I don't like hearing it. Well, I mean, you know, every now and then they call it silly season whenever a transfer window opens up in international and world soccer. And, you know, you'll, you'll start getting crazy rumors. Uh, I don't see anything factual that's coming out yet, but you've heard it from the boss himself. You've heard it from Dub or that he wants to bring in players. So I would assume someone's coming in. Just don't know who. Time will tell. Um, like I said, this break is is really needed for a lot of our starters. And um, we're not going to be in like missing that many people on international duty when we thought we were going to potentially lose some players for the Gold Cup. Like, you know, we talked about earlier, Brad, uh, Robinson, Nagby, they, they didn't make the men's national team for the Gold Cup. So we're going to have some rest. We're going to have some recuperation. And we got a game coming up against the Battery and the U.S. Open Cup, which is another chance to win a trophy. Uh, not as prestigious, obviously, as the MLS Cup or even the, uh, you know, the Shield. But at the same time, this is a cup that we can bring home. Let's go for it. And I, I think we'll probably not see a formation change this week uh, coming up against the Battery. But I do think we'll see some faces and some players come up from ATL UTD2. We'll rotate hmm. in some youth. And uh, Frank DeBoer has always been about developing youth, and this cup competition would be a great way to do it. Yeah, Blake, I agree. I might have some questions on the formation and stuff we're missing, Joseph. But let, really, let's get into this more with the preview for Charleston Battery. Okay, guys. So really, the only player that we are missing because of international duty is going to be Joseph. So my, my question to you, Blake, is Joseph, I mean, I guess... Joseph's out. Vasquez is out. I guess Romario is probably going to be our starting striker. Is that what you're going to predict for this Charleston battery game? Yeah. I mean, I think we could see Romario Williams. I think uh, depending on the status of, of Tito's knee, Tito has proven that he can play up front as a striker. He did for a lot our first year um, as a club and uh, played there some last year. I, I think I think if Tito's knee is feeling better, he, he could definitely come into the fold. Uh, we could also play with a potential false nine. So 
I could see PD Martinez starting up front. And when I say false nine, it's just a striker playing a little bit deeper into the midfield, connecting more at the midfield. Uh, that could be a great option because then you could still have, you know, players on the wing, players that are coming up and, and playing better and better. I, I could see Pereira out on the wing. I could see Gressel out on the wing. Um, and then, you know, have PD Martinez, who a front three of Pereira, Gressel, and PD would not surprise me at all. So then where would you put Barco? Let's before hold on, before we do a, a lineup prediction, because this is absolutely something that I want to do for this game, I want to give you guys a little bit of a backstory about Charleston Battery. Um, Charleston Battery, currently they're ninth in the East in the USL, so they're not doing that great. They've got four wins, three losses, five draws. I wouldn't say that they're uh, record is stellar. The other big thing that we have to our advantage with Charleston Battery, I mean, we are playing at their home, um, but I don't think that they're going to be drawing, you know, obviously they're not going to be drawing Atlanta crowd. So it's not, it is a home advantage, but for us, maybe PD will play better because we're going to be playing on grass. Um, but the big benefit for us is that they play on Saturday against Birmingham Legion. So they don't have as long um, of a, a break as we did. You know, we're getting to rest these players. So that's just a little bit of Charleston battery. Um, it just kind of in the backstory of their club so far. But really what I want to focus on a preview is I want to focus on our team. And I want to focus on our lineup. So, Blake, give me your lineup prediction for the Charleston battery game on Tuesday. Yeah, and I think we're going to go strong because we have a lot of time in between our next game. Uh, but like I said, I expect some youth players to to step up. I definitely think... Uh, that we're we're gonna see Pereira this this week. Um, Pereira is a guy that has played really well when called upon this year. Uh, I, I think that we might see Pogba at center back with Miles Robinson. Uh, we might give LGP a rest, get that head fully healed up. So my center back pairing would probably be Pogba and uh, and Miles Robinson. Uh, okay. I think at right back, I think we're gonna go ahead and start Escobar because we know that he's gonna be out that next MLS game. Uh, and left back is kind of a wild card. I think where we're at right now, Breck Shea is the most likely name on the team sheet. Uh, you know, once we get Bello back, I, I think that'll be fine. I think Parkey getting up there in years, they're probably going to rest Parkey, keep him healthy for the rest of the season. Midfield is where I'd, I'd like to see uh, a little bit of diversity. I mean, I think we've seen some great midfields. You mentioned Remedy and Nagby, and we're expecting some international call-ups. But right now, I mean, I'd probably start... Remedy, Nagby, uh, and then, you know, in the wild card spot, it, it's tough to say who would fit in. You could throw in Larry, and honestly, it's just, it's tough to say where Frank DeBoer's head is with this game, because I don't know how serious he's going to take this competition. In the past, we haven't taken it super seriously. We started a ton of bench players, but, but I think we're going to go for it. I really do. He has come out and said that they're going to take it very seriously. He's come out and said that they're kind of in it to win it. So I, I do think that they are going to take it seriously. But you also have to remember, you know, a USL team versus an MLS team. I mean, there are a lot of people that, you know, Romario Williams came from Charleston Battery. But I could see people maybe like Joseph Hernandez, you know, maybe kind of making that bridge from um, ATL UTD2 up. There, there are some other players that I think that maybe we could give a chance that had been kind of sitting on the bench because I think that's what it's for. Like I could see Andrew Carlton playing really. Yeah. You know, Carlton, Carlton's a great shout. I mean, I think he's got a chance of, of coming into the fold here. Obviously DeBoer has, has publicly kind of commented on, you know, making sure his head is in the game. He's serious about soccer, but this is a great competition to bring him in on. 
So for my front three, I'm actually going to go ahead and agree with you. I'm going to give Gressel a rest, and I think it'll be um, Carlton Pereira. And I do think we start Romario here. PD is my wild card. I think we're going to start him in the midfield with with Nagby and Remedy. But I think it's going to be a strong team. Uh, you know, I think Brad will probably start in goal. Uh, I I do miss, I do miss Alec. I, I miss Alec Khan. I'm not going to lie. Uh, He's a cater zone. He's a homegrown man. Debating every week how to say his last name. I mean, I, I just missed that. It was so much fun. We never figured out if it's Khan or Khan. Uh, the Wrath of Khan. It's got to be, right? It's Wrath of Khan. Khan. Got to be. But Alec Khan, oh, I miss that guy. <laughs> I could see the other thing that I could see is I do think uh, Dion Pires had a great has a good um has had a great season so far, but Justin Miram hasn't gotten that many minutes with our team, so I could also see him um, making an appearance, maybe not starting, but definitely making an appearance in this game just to gain some minutes um, to get that much needed connection time with our team. Yeah, exciting game. Obviously, uh, kind of hard to get super hyped for the U.S. Open Cup, but with DeBoer coming out and saying, we're going to go hard for this, we should get behind the team. It's a chance to win a trophy. It's away from home, um, but at the same time, you guys, don't forget about the game. It's going to be exciting. I think uh, we're going to we're gonna go after him, and we're going to go out to win this game. I am pumped. Because if we win the U.S. Open Cup, which I really think that we have a chance to if we focus on it. I mean, we've already been doing two games a week anyway. Yeah, we're tired, but we're working on our depth. If we win the U.S. Open Cup, that's how we get back into the CONCACAF Champions League. It's one way back in. And, yeah. I, you know, I really want to go in and prove that we are. I mean, we beat Monterey, the team that won it all. Yeah. So. No, I agree with I you. I want to get back in. Let's take it serious. Let's go out and get this first win. Let's take a much-needed rest after that and come back, and you know we can still get there by getting to the top of the MLS. Uh, we can still get there by by winning winning the MLS Cup again. So a lot of season left. Let's go all out for this competition. Uh, we got one more section for you guys before we let you get on to your weekend. We got some listener mail. All right, guys, this is actually a correction on us or just more of an in-depth on our uh, discussion about green cards last week. Last week I said, hey, you know, if if you are if you marry someone and you become a citizen, don't you kind of get a green card? And Sharif Solomon on Twitter reached out to us and he said, citizenship and even green card is not automatic on marriage. The marriage sets up the legal basis to get a green card, but must be applied for. And citizenship afterwards must be applied for once conditions are met. So there we go. That kind of handles what we were talking about with Gressel because he did marry an American. So it's not automatic. So it is still super awesome that he got that green card. So thank you, Sharif, for reaching out to us, guys. If you want to reach out to us about anything, I mean, really... You know, hit us up on Twitter. Email us at atlnsunited at gmail dot com. Slide in the DMs like uh, like Barco. Yeah, absolutely. You got to slide in the DMs, guys. Um, I don't know about you. I'm gonna be watching the World Cup all weekend. It's exciting. I can't wait. I was about to buy a Kelly O'Hara jersey, and that shit was like 140 bucks. That was crazy. I can't do it. Jerseys are ridiculous. Every time I look at jersey prices, I'm like, I'm just gonna buy one from China. You guys I'm just going to wear the t-shirt and be like a noob. T-shirts work too. T-shirts are always <sighs> cheaper. Anyways, Britt, it's been fun. Thanks for joining me this week. Guys, we will see you soon. Stay stay cool out there, Atlanta. Catch you next time. Stay classy. Stay classy, Atlanta. Isn't that Ron Burgundy? Stay classy, San Diego. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>